Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. We need the promises of God. We need to know the word of God. Be strong in the word because it's through the word of God that God works in our life. You know, Jesus in his day when he was walking here on the earth, people that were sick, people that were afflicted. You know, he didn't sit there and talk a lot about the sovereignty of God. What he talked a lot about was their faith. Was their faith. He kept pointing out to them that it was their faith that would heal them. It was their faith that would make them whole. He would say to folks, according to the sovereignty of God. No, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Well, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. So we need to hear the word of God. First John says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So victory over the world, over the devil, because again, what quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one? The shield of the sovereignty of God. No, the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Thank God for the sovereignty of God. We don't make light of that. But yet, Jesus, in his earthly ministry, he emphasized our faith. Because everyone know, God, he doesn't need help doing his part. God is going to do his part. He is faithful and true to his word, to what he says. God doesn't need help. We're the ones that need help. We got to be faithful to do our part. And we have, a, our, we have a part. God has a part. And we have a part. Our part is to believe. Our part is to trust in him. How does that happen? Through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Say it with me. And hearing the word of God. So Satan, we know what he's after. What does he want to take from your life? He wants to take away the word of God. Because if he could remove the word from your heart, then he can have your faith. And if he has your faith, then he's taken your victory. He's taken your victory from you. He's a diligent devil who comes immediately after the word of God's been sown in someone's heart. He comes immediately to steal that word from their heart. In fact, let's just look at it again over in Mark, the fourth chapter. In verse 14, Jesus said, the sower sows the word. The word of God is likened to seed that is planted in the heart of man, mankind. Planted in our heart. And if God's word gets planted in our heart, it's going to grow. In fact, we'll just, we'll just jump ahead here uh, in verse 30. He said, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed when, which when it is sown, and they say a mustard seed is like the smallest of seeds. So he's liking the word of God to like this small, in other words, something that looks very insignificant. 
You know, God's word looks very insignificant to a lot of people in this world. Very, very small, very insignificant, very unimportant. And he said, it's like, it's like this little mustard seed. When it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So he says, the, the, the word of God, which is like a little mustard seed, seems very insignificant. When it's sown into the heart of a person, it begins to work. And you don't know, nobody knows exactly how. You know, all the intricate details of how the word grows inside a person. But if that word of God is in your heart, it's growing, it's working, and it's transforming your life. This isn't like a religion where we're trying to change ourselves. No, 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 no. We're not trying to change ourselves. See, we're trying to get a hold of the word. See, we get the word in our heart, and then the word does the transforming work. The word changes us. And I'm trying to be a better person. Well, that's your problem. You're over here in works trying to be something in your strength. See, that's just humanism. That's human effort. No, you're not supposed to be trying to be a better person. You need to be in faith that God's, work, God's word is changing your life. God's word is making you go from better to better. Hallelujah. So that when you look back, you can't take the credit for it. You can't take the glory. You can't sit there and say, well, I picked myself up by my bootstraps and I turned my whole life around. You know, I was here, but now look what I've done. Now you got to look and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He has transformed my life. He's doing the work in us. His word does the work. We just got to do the work of getting the word in us. That's what we have to do. We have to get the word in us and... Keep the word. Keep the word. Keep the word in us. And that's a fight. That's a fight. To lay hold of the word and to keep the word in us. Why? Because we have an adversary who's going to constantly try to distract us and keep us from the word of God. Keep us from hearing so that the word gets into our heart. And then if you do get the word into your heart, he's going to come how fast? immediately to try to take that word from your heart. That's what he says here in verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where, they, where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. He comes immediately to try to take it. So we've got to immediately rise up and defend it and protect it. 
So we got ourselves here this morning. We got ourselves in a position to hear the word of God. The everlasting, ever transforming word of God. This word that's going to trans. This word that's going to transform our lives. We're in position to receive that today. Thank God the devil didn't stop you from coming to church. Now don't let him distract you in the chair. Don't let him say, now that's a good time to go to sleep. Now's a good time to just get distracted. Now's the time to sit there and look over at Charlie. Think about him for a little while. When you're done with him, look over at Margaret. Think about what she's up to. Just, just let your head wander all over the place. Now, we got this far. Let's focus in. Let's get this word. Diligently get this word. And then know that the enemy is going to try to come and take that word from us. And we talked all about that last week. And I encourage you, if you weren't here last week, you didn't hear that word, go online and, and listen to it. Listen to it again. It was powerful utterance last week. And a tremendous impartation of faith that was in the word that was spoken last week. So you want to make sure you hear that. One of the things we said is that the enemy, in order to steal the word, will come with the opposite of what God has promised. To try to get you to believe it isn't going to happen. So we need to defend ourselves against that. We need to defend ourselves against the devil who's trying to take the word from our heart. Now, the devil taking the word from our heart, he, the devil, is not our only problem. You know what your other problem is? You. (laughs) You. You. And that's what he goes on here and talks about. Now, we're done with the devil. He brings the devil up. Now he goes into verse 16. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. He's talking about themselves. See, this isn't talking about the enemy. They have no root in themselves. See, their heart is stony ground or shallow, shallow ground. They have no root in themselves and so endure. They endure only for a time. Got a small amount of endurance. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So notice, the devil, if he can't steal the word from us, you may still stumble if you are shallow in your faith, in your understanding of the word of God. See, we don't want to just have a superficial relationship with God. A superficial understanding of God. A lot of Christians, their relationship with God is very superficial. It's very shallow. It's not very deep. But that's a dangerous place to be. You don't want to have shallow, superficial faith, believing, or understanding of God's word. You want to have a deep-rooted understanding of God's word. You want to have deep roots. You want to let that word of God get down, its roots get down deep on the inside of you. And there's a way to make that happen. 
over in Ephesians chapter 3. So we don't want to just be happy with superficial Christianity. Where we're just happy because um, we believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Well, the Bible says the demons believe in Jesus. <laughs> but that, what good is that for them? I believe in Jesus. I went to church. I go to church. I read my Bible. A lot of times folks are just happy with the fact that they went to church or they read their Bible and they just do churchy things. And they're just, they're just happy just being on that superficial level. But that's a dangerous place to be because we just saw here that it doesn't last very long. The word is not able to come to fullness in that person's life. They might receive it. It might bring, some, bring them some joy for a time. But then the Bible says afterwards, a time will come that's not so joyful. You know, there's a time when the honeymoon is over. You know, even when it comes to the Lord Jesus, even when it comes to church, there's a time where the honeymoon is over. And all of a sudden, here comes the pressures of life. Here comes trouble. Here comes trials. Here comes tests. And I, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've seen over the years, 25 years, pastor of this church, how many people I've seen, you know, they, they get saved, God touches their life, they get their lives rededicated to the Lord, they get so excited, oh, they're just getting blessed, you know, they come in, man, I just got a new job, I haven't been able to get a job, but everything's just turning around for me, everything's just going in the right direction, and it's just one blessing after the other of great things happening in their life ever since they made Jesus the Lord of their life. But then, next thing you know, they start having problems at that workplace, at that job. Yeah, there's a couple people there that might not like them. Or maybe they're being asked to do some things they do not want to do. They didn't expect they would have to do at this job, you know. Or whatever it might be, you know. Man, I got saved and met this girl and now we're engaged and everything's just going great. And then, you know, what's her name? Margaret? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, next thing you know, you know, Margaret, after, you know, some time, starts acting like Margaret. <laughs> and uh, the next thing you know, it's just not this bed of roses, you know, in the home. Now all of a sudden there's, there's, there's adversity, there's trouble, there's trials, and, and, and things start going in the wrong direction, it looks like. And so many times, because people didn't continue in the Word, they, con- didn't, they didn't get aggressive about taking what they received from God and get it deep down rooted into them. Unfortunately, those trials, those tests, those problems that come up in their life, for so many people, they fall away. They've lost the joy, don't want to come to church today, there's strife in the home, whatever it might be. They're discouraged. Now all of a sudden, they don't don't have any money, they're not sure what to do financially. Everything just seems like it's going negative. And so they quit. They give up on God. They fall away. This is the kind of folks Jesus is talking about here. They receive it with gladness, but afterwards, after a while, 
they lose it. They lose what they had received from him. We don't want to lose what we have. Again, it could be stolen by the enemy or we could just lose it ourselves by simply not taking what God has given us and driving it down deep into our hearts. Hey, Pastor, can you preach that again? I'm going to go ahead and get the, the, I need to go back and get the teaching on this. I need to go back and I need to listen to this again. How many people actually do that? There are a lot of people that do do that and they're strong, but then there's people that don't really do that. It's just, it's available. You can go listen to last Go listen to last week's message again. It's right out there. You go, go get it. It's online free. You just listen to it. And I already heard it. See, it's superficial. So it never, it never really gets down deep in them where it's transforming their lives. It's just, it's superficial. And so next thing you know, it, some pressure comes. The heat of the battles of life come and it's scorched. And it withers away. Without any help of the devil, it doesn't last. Simply because they weren't determined to make it last. Hey, if the word makes you happy, if the word gets you glad, if the word gets you excited, get more of it. Get more of the same word that made you glad. If it made you glad, that means it's having an impact on you. Go in there and fortify those truths in your heart. Go back and listen to it again. And you know what will happen? You get glad again. <laughs> and listen to it again. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get glad again. Why not just keep the gladness coming? I mean, if it made you glad one time, go ahead and do it again. That's why people get addicted to drugs. People get addicted to alcohol. Why? Because it makes them feel good. It made them feel good, so they got to do that again. The only problem with that is it's destroying their life. It's ruining their life. But, man, it made them feel so good, they just got to do it one more time, just one more time. Just one time. I got control. It'll be okay. Just, just one more time. I just want that feeling again. I just, I just want that high once again. We need to get like that concerning the Word of God. Man, the Word of God made me feel glad, man. It, it, it made me feel high. Ooh, hallelujah. I need to go do that again. I need to hear that Word again. And, and here's the good thing. No negative side effects. No hangovers. No getting sick. Just getting healed. Just getting stronger. Just getting better. See, but why don't we, why don't we do that? We need to understand. This word works. And when you see it working in your life, go after it. Go after that word and get it rooted down in you so you never lose it. You never lose it. It never gets scorched. It never withers away. Ephesians 3 verse 16. He says that he, the Lord, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. We want to make sure that inner man, your spirit, is getting stronger. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted. Everybody say rooted. Rooted Rooted and grounded in love. Or we could just say rooted and grounded in God. Because the Bible says God is. God is love. God is love. Rooted and grounded in God. Rooted and grounded in. In the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. 
right? I'm the way, the truth, the life. He's God. He's love. See, getting rooted and grounded in God. Getting rooted and grounded in the truth. Being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. Well, watch this. What is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, there's some things to know about God that go beyond natural knowledge. Natural knowledge. There's some things you just, you just can't even explain. But you know. I mean, you know. You got it. You understand. It's strong in your heart. But there's just some things you just, you just can't articulate it. It goes beyond knowledge. You know, Paul the Apostle talked about that over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he was taken up in that vision to heaven. The Bible says he heard things that were, that could not be expressed in human terms. He couldn't, he, he saw things and heard things he could not explain. He couldn't articulate. He couldn't share with us. Some translations say unlawful to speak. But it wasn't that it was unlawful. He was unable to explain it, is what it really the translation uh, you know, should be. And it is in some other translations. He, it was, it, it was, it's too hard to explain. It goes beyond the mind. It is spiritual. It is of the heart. It's got a much greater depth than just your carnal, natural mind. Now, thank God we're renewing our mind to the Word of God. But God wants us to know Him in such a way that it's so deep that it passes knowledge. It just, you just go right past knowledge, natural knowledge. And you know Him in this deep, intimate way. And when you know Him like that, there's nothing that's going to be able to deceive you concerning God. There's nothing that's going to deceive you concerning the character of God and him making good on his promises. That's how he wants us to know him. To know, again, look at that. To know the width. What is the width and length and depth and height? How many of you know we're talking about studying right here? We're, we're, we're not talking about a little glance at the scriptures. We're not talking about a little superficial understanding of the word of God or the understanding of God. This is getting in there and really getting to know him. There's, there's width. There's length. There's depth. There's height to the love of God. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you, here's the, here's the goal, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, the fullness of God. Not, not just this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, you know. <laughs> You got, you know, got, got this little, yeah, we got this little understanding of God, got this little light of mine. No, man, to have the fullness. 
to walk in the fullness, to experience the fullness. The apostle Paul, in talking to one of the churches in his epistle, he said uh, that, you know, to pray that he would come to them in the fullness of the blessing. I just like the way that sounds. To come in the fullness of the blessing. This isn't just a little, ha-choo, God bless you. This isn't, this isn't just a little, God, the, everybody say the fullness of the blessing. The blessing of the Lord. We want to walk in this fullness. We want to walk in this grace, this great understanding of God. This is for us. This is what the apostle by the Spirit of God was praying for the church at Ephesus. And if it was good for the church at Ephesus, it's good for the church at Louisville. It's good for us today. And we got to grasp this. We got we to recognize, man, I got to have this. Notice verse 18 again. May be able to comprehend with all the saints, not just a few of the saints, with all the saints. God wants all the saints to comprehend God, comprehend the word of God, the love of God, to comprehend. The Amplified Bible says it this way. It says that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. I love that. That you may have the power, talking about comprehend, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. There's, there's things to be apprehended. There's things to be grasped. But in order to do it, you've got to have yourself a good faith grip. You've got to have a, a good faith grip to grab this thing and pull this thing in. Man, I gotta get this. I gotta get this. I gotta get this. And just and just and just pull in. You get a I mean, you get a hold of, of, of God. It's good. Pull it. Pull him towards you. Get more of that. That's that, that's what we keep saying here this morning. Get more of that. Pull. Apprehend. Grasp. Bring it in to your life. Grow in your knowledge, grow in your understanding, grow in your faith so that you have the strength through him to grasp, to be able to apprehend him more in your life. Well, I have God. I have God. You know, a lot of people just say, I have God. I was saved. Like in 1962, I, I, and they're, and they're just happy there. You know, no, I'm going to heaven. That's all I care about. I got saved and I'm going to heaven. Well, how about getting a God of heaven here on the earth? So you make sure nothing steals heaven from you. Right? Everybody say rooted and grounded. See, that, that, that takes some work. But it's worth it. Did you say work? I thought this was going to be easy. Well, it's a good work. I said it's a good work. And it'll make things easy for you. I didn't say to get rid of the trials and tests of life, but it'll make things easier for you as you face the trials and tests of life. Things that would normally wipe some people out completely. You're able to come through it. You're able to overcome and live on. 
Colossians chapter 2. Let's go there. Somebody say, I'm an, appreh- I'm an apprehender of the Word of God. Colossians 2, verse 6, it says, As you therefore have received Christ the Lord. Have you received him? All right, so he's talking to you. So walk in him. Walk in him now. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Notice again verse 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. You know, the Bible tells us that God's word is established in heaven. God's word is established in heaven. But now he wants the word to be established in you. He wants the word to be established in us here on the earth. Just like it is in heaven. Just as, so what makes heaven, what makes heaven so wonderful? What makes heaven such a, a peaceful, joyful place? It's the word. The Word of God. Because the Word of God fills heaven. I, I wish I could find the scripture uh, where it talks about how the lion and the lamb will lie down together. You got it? Where is it? Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for or because... The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I mean, it sounds like heaven, don't it? Yeah, see, God's word is established in heaven. And that's why cobras and lions and bears, nobody's saying, oh my. (laughs) Nobody's looking at the lions and tigers and bears saying, oh my. No, they're enjoying themselves. Nobody's fighting with each other. Nobody's destroying one another. And he tells you why. He tells you why. For for the knowledge of the Lord. We can say the word of God. For the earth shall be full of the word of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. See, the the word fills, is established in everybody's heart in heaven. The whole place is established in the word of God. And look what it is up there. I mean, it's like something right out of Walt Disney, you know. You got all these animals lying down together, enjoying one. He says, he says, the day's coming, the earth's going to be like that. And why is the earth going to be like that? Because of the word. That's why. 
Well, bless God. Let it start, maybe not in the whole earth, let it start in your life first. Come on, somebody. Margaret and Charlie lying down together without fighting. Come on. Why? Because the word of God has been established in their hearts in that home. Woo, hallelujah. Brother and sister playing together. Consistently all the time without saying you cheated. Why? Because the, the word of God is established in our home, in our lives. Thank God for the power of God's word. That's what it'll do to you. So again, Colossians, he says, verse 7, 2, 7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. We're not moved. We got, we're rooted. Doesn't matter what kind of winds blow by, this tree ain't coming down. Doesn't matter how strong the winds are. You know, you see these hurricanes come through these, these different places and just ripping things apart, tearing things apart. Trees falling over. But then there's trees that never moved. I mean, they swayed. They swayed, and you and I need to, we need to know how to sway. You know, religion will make you stiff. Fear will make you stiff. And you'll fall over. You'll get broken. But no, we can just sway right in the middle of the storm. Woo, Jesus. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm, hallelujah. Woo. Just, we're not going anywhere. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! We're flexed. See, we're relaxed. We're relaxed. Not where we don't see the storm and go. Hang on, there's a storm coming. No, that's fear. Faith doesn't do that. Faith, faith is relaxed. Faith is relaxed. Whoa! Everybody say established. We need to be rooted and established, and we can be. He says, as you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, now walk in him, be a doer of the word of God, get a hold of this thing, get this thing rooted in your life, work it in your life, work it, do it, walk in it, get it down in you, it'll all be worth it, because you'll be able to stand in the evil day, established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding in it. Man, we need an abundance of teaching. You never, we never want to get to the place and say, I heard that. I was taught that. You know, No, no, no. Abounding in what you're being taught. Abounding in it. Abounding in the teaching of the Word of God in what you're being taught. No, it's overflow with it. Overflow. Don't just get enough. Get filled up and overflow with it. Overflow with the truths of God's Word so that, man, you're, you're speaking it yourself. You could preach it yourself. You could share it with others because you got it. You got it just like the preacher got it. You got it. Amen? Abounding it with thanksgiving, giving God praise. Then notice verse 8. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Empty promises, you know. 
It's superficial. Too much, too much, too much superficiality throughout the body of Christ. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just saying. There just is. And, and so a lot of folks, they don't even know when it's not even right. You know, hear, hear things being taught and it's not even right. And they don't even, they're, well, it sounds, it sounds right. See, they don't know. And then they don't go and study it out to, to make sure this is right. Is this the word? I've got to make sure this is the word. You don't just accept things. Just, well, that sounds good. I like that. If it sounds good, I like it. If, I, if, I, if it doesn't sound good, I don't like it. Well, there's a lot of things you might hear that doesn't sound good to your flesh. Like crucify it. <laughs> crucify your flesh. I don't like that. I think that's legalistic. I don't think that's God. <laughs> I reject that. And there's a lot of folks that get over that. See, they don't really, they don't really know. And so they can't tell when something's not even correct. Well, that, that shouldn't be any of us. I mean, you know, if you've been around the Word or any length of time, then we, 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 we could reckon, no, no, that isn't right. And then you have Scripture, tons of Scripture. It isn't just, I just feel like it. No, I got tons of Scripture. I and mean, that's not right. That's not consistent with God. I know God. I know Him. I know Him. And you scripturally know Him. It's not just an emotional, I know Him. But you know Him according to the truth. He says, beware. Now, who's he writing this to? Well, these are the same people that have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Right? Verse, verse 6, those that re- received Christ Jesus the Lord. He's still talking. He says, beware. you got to watch out. Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. What men are used to seeing, what men are used to being around. But it's not according... And it's according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So again, it's a lot of, a lot of superficiality. It reminds me of the scripture over in Jeremiah chapter 6. Uh, Jeremiah 6 in verse, in verse 14. He says, they, also, they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Talking about Talking about the leaders of God's people. It says, they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly. Uh, another translation, or several other translations, for that word slightly, it translates superficially. Superficially. See, they have, they have healed the hurt of my people superficially. See, they just give them, give them band-aids for their deep, deep-rooted issues. A lot, a lot of folks got deep-rooted problems. They got demonic problems. They got heart problems. They got issues. I'm talking about the spirit. I'm talking about the heart. They got, they got spiritual problems. They got deep-rooted problems, deep-rooted issues. And so many of God's people are just being offered superficial remedies, just natural carnal remedies to their very deep-rooted problems. And so, yeah, they've helped the hurt of my people, but only superficially. It doesn't last. Makes them feel good for a little while. Puts a Band-Aid on their problem, but doesn't really, doesn't transform their life. Doesn't deliver them. Doesn't get the devil cast out of them. Doesn't, doesn't really set them free indeed. Right? Jesus said, you know the truth, and the truth will 
sets you free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Not just free, but free indeed. So we don't want to just fall into that where we're seeking superficial remedies. Some, some, some problems people face in the physical, in the flesh, are down in the soul. God doesn't want to just fix the physical. He wants to fix your soul. You know, you don't want to just say, oh, God, fix the problem. Fix the problem. Well, let, let, let's, let's go down deep. Let's, get, let's take this as an opportunity to get down and, and, and see if there's anything in the soul, anything in our faith that's lacking. Any areas of unbelief, any areas of doubt, any areas that would hinder our faith. Let's get down in there and let's find those things. Let's let God examine us. Let's not just settle for an x-ray machine. Let's let's get under the x-ray of the word of God. Let's get in there and let's get all the roots of any kind of thing out of our life that would hinder our faith. So when the storm passes... You're more established. You're more rooted. You're deeper. See what I'm saying? See, that's, that's being concerned with something more than just the physical. Just the natural. Just what you could see and feel. Make the feelings go away. Make the money situation change. Make the, make the circumstances change. You know? Maybe maybe there's some other things other than all those superficial things that that we can can strengthen too. So we got to be thinking deeper. You understand what I'm saying? Think deeper. Think deeper. Let's go deeper. Can you say amen? amen? Be a deep person. Rooted, grounded in the word. And so we're not just getting healed superficially. No, bless God, we're getting healed deeply. Deep healing, deep deliverances, deep strengthening, deep changes taking place in our life. Somebody say, deep things are happening in my life. Praise God. Notice, going back to Mark, he says in verse 17, and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards... When tribulation and pers- or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Notice, here he's talking about the word causing the trouble. For the word's sake, because of the word's sake, they stumble. Now that word tribulation there, in the uh, Greek language, means pressure, afflicted or affliction, anguish, burdened, trouble. So when he says, afterwards, when tribulation, when pressure, affliction, anguish, burdens, trouble arises because of the word. For the word's sake, or oh, because of the word, immediately they stumble. Can the word bring trouble? Can the word bring pressure? Can the word cause people to be burdened? Have burdens? Yeah. You know, how about the scripture over in Peter where he says, He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. 
How do you know there's a suffering in the flesh to resist sin, to resist temptation? Now, the rewards are great, but I'm going to, there's a suffering. There's a giving up of something. There's a, there's a not allowing yourself to go there into sin that involves suffering in your flesh. Yeah, so, there's, there's a, so the truth comes, and it's like, oh, this don't work anymore. The truth comes, and you recognize, I can't, I, I don't, I, I, living like this is not right. A- acting like this, doing this, it isn't right. I- I'm going to have to apologize. I'm going to have to repent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to turn away from that. I- I'm going to have to give that up. Oh, see? See, there's a suffering there. There's a suffering there in the flesh to cease from sin. Opposition. When you get a hold of the Word of God, you know, how do you know the world right now is contrary to God's way of doing things? You're going to be met with opposition. Enemy's going to come and try to steal the word. That's opposition. It's adversity that will come your way because of the word. How about submitting to God's will? There's many times suffering involved in submitting what you want to what God wants. Jesus is our example of that in the Garden of Gethsemane where he was sweating droplets of blood because of the stress and the burdens and the pressure that was coming against him for the word's sake. He could have just gave in, right? He could have just went with the flesh and all the burdens would be gone. But instead, because of the, for the word's sake, he resisted not doing the will of God. And he said, if there's any possible way this cup could pass for me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will your will be done. He suffered in doing the will of the Father. And then, of course, persecution. Being rejected. Some people rejected by their family. Some people, their friends turn on them because they've turned to Christ. They've turned to the Lord. They're following Jesus. And so now, persecution. Now, all of a sudden, they got people that were once with them. We used to party together. Now they're all against me. And they're talking about me. That can hurt. Can it? What's causing that? The word. The word. The word is causing that. But the same word that will cause these problems is the same word that will deliver us from our problems. That's what we have to understand. The same word that causes some people to stumble is the same word that'll keep us from stumbling. The word can bring things that cause some to stumble, but if you continue in the word and don't stumble, then it'll be the thing that puts you over in life and causes you to never stumble. Are you listening to me? What's the difference? The difference is being superficial and getting rooted and grounded. Being superficial and getting rooted and grounded. One of, the, one of the ways we get rooted and grounded the most is being doers of the word in the midst of trials and tests. Going through the storms of life. Notice what it says in Psalm 119, 165. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. See, he's not talking about, yeah, I like the word. It's talking about a love for the word of God, a love for God's law, a love for the truth. He says, and nothing causes them to stumble. We don't have to be stumblers. We don't have to be superficial. 
We can have a deep love for the word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 11. It says, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. How many people know God's word teaches us the way of wisdom? I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. There's that, there's that grip. There's that apprehending. There's that laying hold of. He says, take firm hold of instruction. Are you getting instructed this morning? Take firm hold of it. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. She is your life. And again, what does he say in verse 12? You will not stumble. You will not stumble. So it's taking hold of the word of God that's going to bring persecution, bring bring some hard times for the flesh. But ultimately, if we hang on to that word and continue in the truth... It'll be the thing that puts us over in life. And what other people are stumbling over, you're now stepping up on and going higher. Amen. When you're you're rooted in the word of God, you don't stumble over the word. You step up on the word. Can you say amen? I said, you don't stumble over it. You step up on it. Well, you know, I had it easier when I wasn't a Christian. The devil didn't mess with me when I wasn't a Christian. I've had people say that and go back to the devil. It was just easier. I can't deal. I can't deal with this devil anymore. And they go back. I'm going to go back to the bar instead of church. I'm going to trade. I'm going to trade the altar in for a bar. That's what I'm going to do. And people do it because of because because the pressure, the pressure of the enemy, that's coming against them. But that's the time to let your roots go down deeper. Let your roots go down deeper, so God can now take you up higher take you up higher so that you live in a place where you never stumble. Unhindered and will not stumble. You're like a Sherman tank just coming down the road. You know what I'm saying? Man, just barreling down the road. Doesn't matter what they put in front of you. Just just crush the thing. Just keep coming. Just, Just crushing the thing. Hallelujah! Praise God forever. Just don't open up the tank. Lift your head up and start looking around. Just stay inside him. Stay in Christ. Amen. Just keep the thing locked. Bless God. Just stay down there and just go forward. Walk in him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.